Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of joys, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy. Hello, everybody. Kathy Love here and settling in uh, for another amazing conversation with Michael Kerr. Michael is the founding director of Kerr Capital and uh, he is our go-to person for all things business valuation. Welcome, Michael. Thanks, Kathy. And we're sitting here. Oh, yeah, we're sitting here commenting about the Arctic conditions in which we're experiencing. So uh, good to have you. Yeah, really really nice to be on. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, you are very, very welcome. So, Michael, can you take us back a bit in your professional um, background and sort of help us understand how you got to this role of of valuing uh, businesses? Yeah, no problem. Yeah, the career goes back, you know, well more than 20 years that I've had Kerr Capital. It, it involved time in lending money on, on mm. for one of the big banks to small businesses. And so we're always focusing on, you know, what's the cash flow coming out of a business so we can get our money back as a bank. Um, I worked in accounting, you know, advising owners mm. on minimizing tax. Um, I did actually work in a, in a couple of small businesses, including a startup. So, um, but I, look, I um, I started Kerr Capital in early in 2001 as a traditional business broking business, so helping owners to prepare and then sell. Um, it's a pretty rough and ready market, and I just wanted to do it uh, differently and better. Um, so I started to you know really you know under you know help to try to understand what makes a business tick. What what you know what do the numbers in the business, tell me about the performance. How, um, what, where does that lead in terms of how much might it be worth to, uh, to you know, to a potential third party like a buyer? Um, but also, what's it, you know, what's the true return to an owner if they keep the business? So it's all of that is underpinned by understanding the fun, you know, the, the financials in a business, and ultimately, then you know, what what's the value of the business? Um, so that's you know, and I I'm deeply curious and fascinated by you know why businesses started, you know, why why owners started businesses, or sometimes why they bought a business, and you know is it what do the numbers what do the numbers say? Is it um, producing a profit or or producing a return that's you know satisfactory, and then mostly what does that translate to in terms of a value if they were to sell it to a, a you know third party or sell it to staff or sell it to anybody um but the value you know a lot of the work i do is also owners just saying what you know what what is it worth i'm not i'm not sure if i want to sell i'm not sure what i want to do but I, I i would like to know if it's worth something so you know it's a it's probably the I haven't actually checked for a long time, but I imagine on Google, what's my business worth is a pretty um, popular search term. Yeah, I haven't looked at it either. Um, but I think that's a good place to kind of explore a little further. Um, what I've sort of observed over the while that business owners don't think they're, they have a business that's big enough to warrant getting valued. I also, uh, my business heart breaks a little bit when I hear things like, well, who would even want to buy it (laughs) as well? And I guess there's also just fear that um, kind of underpins both of them about, oh, look, I'll just limp along until I've really got to make a tough decision about which way it's going to to go. Um, And so there's this hesitation, which I can understand. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, like you know, I'm better. You know, put my my head down, and you know, I'll I'll worry about it later. I, you know, if I'm fearing that it's maybe not as you know valuable as I thought, um, yeah, it's easy to run for the covers, and you know, um, yeah. But it looks in terms of um, value, it's you know, it's probably worth. I have a philosophy about you know valuing businesses and. Um, Firstly, valuations are you know are professional opinions. So there's a lot of you know there's there is this sort of leap to I got a valuation, therefore it is worth what the valuation says. And it's it's not it's not it's a professional opinion. Mm-hmm. And you know if you read into the detail of you know of a really um, Thorough evaluation. It's you know, it's so it's loaded with which it has to be because you're forecasting the future. So it's loaded with assumptions and disclaimers, and ultimately, it's a you know, it's a professional opinion. And some are much better than others, and a lot of it depends also on why you you know you can do evaluation for all sorts of different reasons and have different outcomes. So, yeah. um, but yeah, so keep in mind they are they are you know professional opinions. Um, even when you, you know, you, there's a lot of different methodologies for valuing a business. A lot of them that I think, you know, kind of are, are understood more generally and more easily by everybody is um, it's a it's evaluation based on uh, a multiple of earnings, which is a, uh, we can talk about why and where, you know, small businesses fit, which is kind of a multiple of between zero and, and five times the earnings. But you know, two parts of evaluation f- for most, a, a multiple, that the number of years of profits that somebody would pay for your business times, uh, you know, some earnings base and um, or net profit, lots of terminology, but essentially someone will say the business is making $100,000 as the earnings base and I'm going to, you know, I think it's worth uh, a multiple of three, or I'd pay three years worth of that hundred thousand. So the business is worth three hundred thousand. That's kind of like bare bones, bare bones bare, valuation. Bare bones. Yeah. yeah, and and then, but there, there are different methodologies. But that's fundamentally it's an investment, right? A, a disclaimer, right there, Michael, yeah. that that may or may not apply to anyone yeah. listening. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, but it's just it's kind of like um, you know somebody. Valuing, say, you know, you're going to buy an asset and you're going to get a return out of it, and mm. um, so it's a broad brush, and you know that that's kind of uh, so. But as I said earlier, it's a you know, if you get a valuation, it's a, it's a you know, you it's a, a professional opinion. Yeah. If you're getting it to you know to sell uh, the business because someone's knocked on the door and said we want to you know um, make an offer to buy your business, what do you want for it? That's one example of a use. Um, another example is, you know, I, I'm not sure what I want to do, but I want to, you know, if I did think about selling, what's it worth? Um, but they don't, that's, you know, in many cases, they're going to come back to that kind of multiple times earnings. Where it gets really, um, I guess, uh, not, it's never straightforward because um, most small businesses, as a general rule of thumb, would yeah. be, were somewhere between zero and five times the earnings, and mm-hmm. what you know, why why is it between zero and five? I mean, if you look at it's all about uh, how risky small businesses are. If you thought about a um, a bank deposit where you get two percent, you put a hundred dollars in, you get two percent a year. That's a you've paid a multiple of fifty there, so. In paying a really extreme multiple like that, you're saying it's extremely risk-free. So mm. you know that's a you know bizarre example, but you know you, you can think of it that way. Yeah. You get a, a very low return on your investment, but it's very secure. It equates to some, you know if it was a two percent interest rate, it's and you put a hundred dollars in, you've you've kind of you paid fifty times the two dollars to get it. You know, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you come back, you know, listed. Um, businesses multiples more like eight, ten, twelve, fifteen. Small businesses zero to five. So that's why, it, as an investment, it's at the much riskier end, 
and that's why the the multiples are, are way lower than a yeah you know, yeah share. Um, and that's also why uh, that if you do Google what is my business worth, and you do pick the multiple and check your profit and loss, and you do the math, that you don't necessarily dash out and sell the sheep station on that Google advice either. No, you don't. Um, you know, it's um, you know any of these um, discussions around value is going to end up in a negotiation. You can't just kind of land. You know, if you just land mm-hmm. a valuation on someone's desk and say, "Well, you know, you know, it says seven hundred and forty-seven thousand three hundred, and you, <laughs> yeah, for sale. Yeah. So that's um. So you know that's um. Yeah. You know, the other you know, I guess key parts of it, um, you know, with a with a valuation, getting it valued, um, you know, it's um, you've got to um, be you know, accept that. That's your your professional or your advisor's professional view. The other side will have a, a view, um, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're open to negotiation always. But it is certainly a very strong basis on which to start thinking about: Do I have a business of you know of any value? And um, and and to your earlier you know to go right back, so people think their business is too small. Um, you know, or, or just not sure. There's fundamentally, it's it's part of the philosophy that every business has a has a value to somebody else, and it might it might be that it's got quite modest value. It may not make any money, you know, any true profit. And we can talk about how to, you know, we talked about the multiples, but we can talk about the 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 uh, the art and science of you know which you know what is your actual net profit like that's. Mm. It's a, it's pretty complex and um but yeah every every business you know has some you know will have um some value to somebody else they may not be buying it for profit they might you know just say look we um you, you know a lot of them you're buying another job you're buying someone's job yep and yeah. that that is legitimate if that's what you you know that's what you want so um you know there's probably there probably is some level where it's you know it's so so tiny that it, you know it's going to be hard but you know just you know if you're in practice in, in in your industry and 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 you're a sole practitioner and you um you know you you think about it more like you're selling your job to somebody else and that's you know it's got some value yeah and opportunity as well if only there was some training out there to make my practice manager shine like the keystone that my practice manager should be. Sure, there is a certificate here and there, but there isn't an academy that practice managers can attend to upskill, enhance, and refine their role to make them feel confident and capable of running a practice and leading a team. Oh wait, but there is. NACAR Consulting has created an academy tailored to the evolving practice manager role to ensure that they are excelling in their career and bring the most potential to their role. What does this mean for you, the allied health business owner? You can finally take your foot off the pedal and fully embark on your CEO journey. The role of your practice manager is to be your right hand, but if they don't have the skills to confidently manage their workload and the ever-changing climate, then you somehow have to always keep one eye open. Not anymore. In just 12 weeks, your practice manager can sharpen their toolkit and learn from the best to ensure that they can manage their role with flying colors. Spots will fill fast, and if you want to join this intake and get your practice managers up to scratch so that you can drink your morning cup of coffee without wondering, there's got to be an easier way ever again, register via the show notes today. So the main the main reasons people come to you to get their business valued is they want to know what they're worth, they may have had an offer, they might be thinking about the exiting transition process they may be wanting lending uh any other reasons uh no no i think they're all you know Mm. the the the, you know maybe the percentage of um owners that come along and say look i'm i'm interested in a long-term exit plan i want to know what it's worth today is probably quite small most of the triggers for getting a valuation are things like as you said somebody knocked on the door until we want to we want to buy your business. You know, what do you want? Or there's a, you know, often happens. It could be a, you know, a family or an illness mm. related thing. You know, so they're, I, I, um, they're the kind of key, key reasons. Uh, more unplanned than anything else. Um, 
what I'd like to see more of is, um, you know, is that sort of regular review of, you know, do, what, what do I, what I'm, I'm in the trenches working hard at my business. Yeah. You know, I'm making, I'm taking some wages out of it, but you know, is it worth something or, um, so, uh, you know, uh, an appraisal of the business really gives you, you know, whether you're selling or not, a, a really good reality check, good, good reality check and a basis yeah. to say, look, if it's done, well, it, it, it really kind of un, it starts to unpick your business numbers a bit and you say, well, where can I, where can I grow profit? How do I increase, you know, the bottom line? And yep. Where do I strengthen? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's, you know, uh, you know, typically if you look at the, um, the, you know, the normal tax return financial information, it's all, well, you know, a lot of it's done to minimise tax, and the way it's presented, I don't know. I'd guess a lot of people listening to the podcast would probably kind of almost wash over, you know, the, the standard financial statements because they're just a you know bunch of numbers. There's no real comparisons, and um, always room for improvement on on that front. It's it's. It's something that delights me and my team is when we see that financial fitness getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, uh, yeah, it's exciting things. Business is, I guess, all about the numbers. Uh, and so there's some you need to you know, uh, have a lot more depth and understanding of than, than others. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, I think it, you know, in, particularly in your industry, it, it is, you know, the, the output is, uh, you know, is, a, is, is finances and the output is yeah. great, you know, um, client outcomes and, you know, a lot of people are in, you know, a lot of people are in business for, you know, for a combination of reasons. But, you know, I, I do, you know, I do see that you've, you know, a, another check on, you know, whether it's meeting, um, your own personal objectives is to say, yeah. you know, if I did, you know, I've got an, I've got a, I've got a house, maybe I've got, you know, other investments, but your business can be a really good investment. Um, it can be a lifestyle thing where you take wages, but whatever, you know, it's, um, I, I don't think there's many owners that don't think at some point, you know, what is it, is it worth? And, and so those, you know, the metrics, um, you know, so, you know, in, t- in performing evaluation, I, you know, we always start with the, the raw tax numbers and we always make adjustments. You know, this, this process mm-hmm. of saying, you, you know, you have, you know, you have a car running through the business, have all these expenses that wouldn't be there if you were, um, or don't have to be there. They're legitimately there because you, yep. but they don't yep. have to be there. If you're looking at this as a pure, Somebody else is just saying, I just want to run the business as lean. And instead of having a, an expensive car, you have the, you know, the most basic model of, you know, car. Cause that's all you really need to run the business. Yeah. So the, the business is, a, you know, providing yeah. you that benefit. But it, you know, from an investment point of view, it's probably understating the profits a bit because you're, you know, paying for extra for a car that you don't really need. Yeah. So that, that process yeah. of adjustments, yeah. people get freaked out, but. Ninety-eight percent of ninety-nine percent of businesses, private businesses, will have some degree of you know those sort of discretionary things, which is why you know you, you're in business. Why you're self-employed and yeah. and shouldering the risk. Yeah, yeah. Before we uh, get into the the art and science and of of how you work with business owners to arrive at the valuation, I want to throw in another question. Um, and I don't think I've ever asked you this, but what are your thoughts on, I, I'm just going to Stephen Covey and this concept of start as you mean to proceed. Um, so there's been more startups coming into the allied health disability sector than ever before, particularly in the last six or seven months. Um, what do you think about this, about having the exit or having the exiting phase Somewhat front and center in your business development and growth plans. Look, I, I think it's it's a wonderful thing to to have a, a you know like a, a high level understanding of um, how you would exit a business <clears throat> for whatever reason. Yeah. So no 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 question that you know if you start. 
you know, if you start a project to, I don't know, polish the stairs or something, you, you know, you kind of know what it looks like, you know. You know what done looks, looks like, yeah. What, so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have any uh, problem with – I think it's a real positive to, to have, mm. a, have a view. What it does, it takes some real vision. It takes commitment. Um, it's, I, I have, uh, you know, over the years come across – um, some entrepreneurs who have built to sell. Uh, there's, mm. there's a book, right? I, I think it's John. It's Wilder several. Yep. Yeah. And, and they were uh, entrepreneurs who, might, the ones I've met, hasn't been, you know, tons, but there's been enough to see the model. And they came out of an industry. They might have already bought and you know, started and sold in that industry and they see the opportunity to do it again. So they, they kind of know exactly who's going to take them out. It's, um, and they've got such deep, um, you know, industry experience that it's it's fascinating, right? They just go, you know, uh, X Y Z company is going to take us out in three years, and we, you know, we we know which customers they're going to want. Yeah, so, let's yeah. cook the cake for them. Cook, yeah. So yes, if you can do that, um, uh, and uh, wh- and whether or not you end up exiting is kind of not the most important thing as well, because if you are focused on and you know, an exit at some point, it gives you so much um, understanding of your business along the way, and so much direction. If you if you are taking time to think about the long term value, long term mm. sale, it means you might be making some investments ahead of the curve. So you, um, but your your business is is going to be set up. So just pretend you did all that work, and there's in in for whatever, whatever reason an exit wasn't possible, I'd pretty much, you know, bank that um, the business is going to be better performing for the owner. So yep, yep. what's yeah. wrong with that? Yeah, mm. yeah. So you're definitely a, you know, a, but, you know, to do it in practice takes, you know, investment of time, energy and, and, and money. Yeah, yeah. Let's also uh, – put in a little bit of conversation about what exit may look like. I think traditionally uh, we tend to think that it's selling and waltzing away with our pockets bulging. It doesn't have to be like that. Would you like to run us through some of the options of exit? This is why I call it exiting or or transitioning. Um, Yeah, um, I I think I – yeah, I think I understood. But if I'm wrong, just um, (laughs) – I'll, I'll shoot. I'll improve my question. Yeah, no, no. You start, and I'll improve my question. Um, Go for it. Yeah. So, so this, for me, the idea of uh, of an exit, it can be quite. It can also be limiting. It sort of, yeah. I think it predisposes that you're going to sell the business. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And for me, um, you know that 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 is an exit. But you know, I wouldn't do exit planning if you want to call it that. Just you know, because the the chances that all that stuff goes perfectly to plan you sell to, you know, in, in seven years' time to, you know, one of these three companies is, you know, it's kind of – it's pretty remote. Like, Yeah. Um, so there'll be an exit to other uh, buyers. Um, there'll be uh, – might be staff buyouts or, or, or something that is just, you know, growing, growing and growing where, you know, the internal transfers of a business – um, you know, so that's, that's a different kind of exit. Um, for all that planning, the exit might appear way earlier than you thought because, so you've got to be ready for that. You can't, you know, you've built a five year plan and all of a sudden two years out, uh, you know, two years in, someone knocks on the door. So timing's so hard to predict. So yeah, that's, you know, in terms of, you know, definition of an exit at a time, it's, this is, well before then um i think one of the other really um why i think the word exit's kind of limiting is because it implies you know that you're going to sell the business so a lot of um i think potential to phase out of it you know phase out of a business over time so you you stay maybe you stay a shareholder and you exit um in terms of a day-to-day involvement in the business, you, you actually you might exit as the you know operational person over time, but keep 
all of the business or, or some of the business. Mm. So there, there's an exit where, you know, it is an exit, but uh, of you as a, the, the owner as an operator or as a, as a practice manager, you know, whatever you do day to day in the business, you're doing less and less of that. And if you can, if you can successfully achieve that kind of exit, that's, you know, that's a, you know, a, a much, much better return than you're going to get putting your money in, um, in well, bank. potentially, yeah, adding reclaiming your time and lifestyle and potentially increasing the value of your business because you're proving that it can run with less of your input. Yeah, and and that's you know one of the key, you know, we, we go back to that you know discussion on multiples and and one mm. you know where a buyer says you know what you know what value you want you're going to go to how much you know the multiple and the earning space but a high you get a you know a higher multiple where the business is less dependent on the the owner and perversely that if you play if you play that out if you are an owner that has a business that's not very dependent on you why would you sell if it's making money and doing what you need it to do yeah yeah um so yeah that's um yeah, they're they're the kind of you know limitations on on the, the I guess the terminology of exit, but um, uh, you know I think we both you know strongly agree that the process to think about it is incredibly valuable. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, jump from there, and um, Michael, if you could explain a bit about the process of getting started and doing the work. And the meetings and working with you to arrive at a at evaluation. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so I guess um, you know if you if one of those trigger events has has, has kind of has happened and, and um, you know the uh, the valuation you know it, it, it starts with um, whether it's me or anybody else it's going to start it's going to start with a review. Uh, of you know the finances to to try to establish what the you know what the bottom line profit is um and this you know so any any valuations premised on um you know the historical performance of the business and then mm. you say and and the you know the historical performance is is an indicator of future performance um so that's you know so you've got to get you know you've got to get your tax returns and financial statements to you know to you know, uh, for probably three or four years, um, and then there's you know, go through that process of you know a uh, whole lot of questions about what you know what drives these numbers. This is how I then approach it. Like mm-hmm. every valuer, sometimes there are valuations just because there's a you know family breakup and. You know, they just go. Uh, you know, they, they have a different reason for valuing, so they just maybe kind of just short circuit it and do, you know, uh, take a different approach. But you know, the the work I'm doing with uh, with owners is to maximise the value of their business. So, um, you know, the the valuation by nature can, you know, it's got to be premised or based on the historical performance, and that's sort of the science bit of it. The art bit of it is okay. The business, you know, is it's made a um, hundred thousand dollars net profit five years running. Um, the future looks like a hundred thousand dollars of you know, net profit. So whether you whether you take last year or an average of five years, you're going to get a hundred thousand as the sort of earnings base. Um, if it's gone fifty, five hundred, two fifty, a hundred, um, that's when the art is well. Which one do you average it? Do you, um, um, you know, do you take one year only? Um, and because it's, you know, it's an indicator, you know, it's, it's, you look at the history to, to kind of forecast the future, then that's when you start to dig around. So what, what happened the year you made 500 and the year you made 50? Has mm. anything changed there? You know, what, what was, was there a one off thing? Was, um, so that's, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, when I work with, business owners it's like digging down on um you know why why things happened and therefore is it likely to keep happening negatively or positively and and um so yeah raw numbers turn into a whole bunch of questions about um 
why you know why is that like that you know did you increase your prices so it's when you really get you know under the under the covers and really you know understand how the business works and therefore um you know where it might head in a you know profit sense or a sales sense and you know where the um you know the the value of the business might be and then you know then you you've got you know if you establish that earning space then you've got a the the other part of the other piece of art is to say is it zero, one, two, three, four, five, you know, as a multiple of earnings? You know, if that's mm-hmm. – and, you know, it's – the difference between two and three, it's kind of like you can look and, and look around and see what other businesses may have um, may have sold for, but that's fraught. You know, it's, it's hard yeah. to get that data. Yeah. But if the business was making 500000 and you go with a multiple of two versus a multiple of three – it's half a million dollars difference. Difference, yeah. And, you know, who decides two versus three? So it's why, you know, those, you know, that's you know, the process. So, you know, and, and you get better at, um, you get a better outcome if you deeply understand what drives the numbers as well as just formatting the numbers and saying, you know, these are what, these are what they are. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, it leads to advice on, um, we should do this and, um, if you were uh, to want to sell the business or you got approached, um, uh, you know, this is this is kind of a guideline valuation you give them and, and this is how, you, you know, you've got to defend. If, you, if you're asking for a higher price, yeah. you've got to defend that that number and you do that by saying, well, look, got all these growth opportunities and staff are really settled and I'm not so – and that's um, when, you know, the valuation mm. turns into a negotiation, which, you know, which it should because you've got to argue your case mm. and they've got to mm. argue theirs. Yeah. That speaks to uh, something I was thinking about as you were, as I was listening to you, and that is about the learnings that the business owners have during the process of getting their businesses valued with a consultant like your good self. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's remarkable. Uh, um, you know, in terms of um, I, I I think in in a lot of cases, owners are incredibly busy. They've got a you know decent accountant or a really good accountant, and and a lot of it's about minimising tax. Um, mm. You know, which is I'm not being critical. That's just that's all part of it. Yeah, I want that. And um, and so the you know the and then there's all these. You know, other bits of compliance every month, quarter, and owners just go like, I've, you know, I've got to get, I've got to get that done. So the learnings come for me. I, I'll, I'll, I'll. It's pretty straightforward. I put um, four or five years of financial performance straight out of the tax returns onto one Excel sheet. Line them up side by side. And that's, you know, often the first time that, you know, you might say, look, sales have grown, you know. Yeah, you get to see the patterns. See the patterns. Mm. Um, And then the other simple, it's not a hack, it's just, you know, the, I I always laugh, you know, every every set of accounts goes from A to Z, you know. Admin fees, accounting fees, you know, salaries, you know, A to Z. And their numbers are all over the shop. So I, I just put them... On, a, on one sheet and then average all of those expenses and then reorder them from highest to lowest. So when mm-hmm. you're looking at the at the at this one page, one sheet, you're seeing, um, you know, and no surprise, you go wages are the biggest expense, rent the second typically. And, there, and if you do it as percentage of sales, you realise, well, if I'm really going to fundamentally change this business – You know, there's there's 50 line items and there's about three that are really uh, going to And and owners, you know, they go, well, I've never really looked at it like that. And it it does pose questions and, and, you know, what ifs. And so, you you know, and you go through that um, analysis with them and and it draws out good questions um, and sometimes good answers and sometimes, well, I need to think about that. Um, so it, it is, um, uh, yeah, because it, it just gets caught up, um, in the day to day or the compliance regime of just 
getting stuff done rather than reflecting on, uh, you know, what's actually going on. Is it is it increasing? Is it growing? Is it you know getting more efficient? There's nothing like it's not rocket science. It's just you know some some basic ratios and some basic analysis. So those two things um, do you know often spark you know uh, some really fundamental questions about why am I in business and what what do I need to do to make it different? It comes back to the time, doesn't it? Um... And that focus as a business owner that you're doing enough of the things, enough of the time to keep the numbers good enough. There's a lot of good enough, I think, in in business. And when you get into um, consultation with advisors like yourself, business coaches, accountants who have a, a broader, more functional approach, you get to start to play with the data sets and you get to look look backwards more and see those comparisons. But um, in um, in working with someone like you and when we were valuing my business, whilst the details aren't relevant, I'm, I love the process. The process was really interesting to have someone who doesn't know me, doesn't know the business, get in and look at what the numbers mean and, and look at what the numbers mean within the context of the work we do and the industry we're in as well. And the numbers kind of represent a bit of a, a finish line, but but how did you get the numbers and why is that number like that? And does that mean this? And what's your service delivery model? And where's that funding coming from? And, you know, the questions help you understand the numbers very, very differently, but very quickly as well. Yeah, look, you know, I think if you're, um, and this is where, I, you know, there is a distinction, you know, I, I like to draw between a value, evaluation and a, and a you know, evaluation-based um Discovery process, discovery and advice mm. on where to get where to go. Mm. Um, one, you know, the straight valuation has its place um, and, and its purpose, but you know, there, there's a much, you know, as, as we did, you know, much broader. And I think, you know, the key to that is, you know, you've got to you've got to be curious about yeah. what what drives the numbers, and you've got to be open to saying, um, well, that is that is a, you know, I never thought of, and you say you don't have time, but. I think if you're going to exit plan in the broader sense that we've talked about, you mm-hmm. need to it, – it 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 kind of goes back to the numbers and starts with the numbers. And if you don't know how those numbers look um, to an external advisor, and more importantly – and I always take the – you know, look through the eyes of a, of a potential investor. Yeah, yeah. Whether you like it or not, you know, that, um, you know, that that's how they're going to see it. And – if you're if you're making a you know um, the biggest the biggest adjustment in a lot of the small small businesses is whatever you decide to you know salaries is is always the biggest expense and um, most people most owners a lot of owners don't pay themselves out of they take drawings and all sorts of stuff but they don't through the profit and loss actually take what would be a wage they would happily accept if they were working for somebody else, so like a commercial wage. Your yeah. accountant might say, take take more out because you're just going to pay tax or, they, or sometimes there's not enough and they pay themselves a really low wage. Um, it's always the biggest adjustment, but for an investor um, who was or somebody else what you, what you what you as the owner do in the business that has to be replaced with somebody. And they're going to have to pay a commercial wage, and because you choose to go up and down from that for whatever reasons, is you know kind of when it comes to valuing it for a third party, it's irrelevant. Yep, uh, it's legitimate that you do that, but it, it is where you know you get you get owners realizing that you know, they have these you know maybe I'm doing better than I thought, or maybe I'm paying everybody else. But I'm not really. If I was to get a job, and I was, you know, I was worth one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a year as a practitioner, and I'm only consistently only drawing thirty because I'm thinking it'll get better or get, you know, uh, get different. Mm-hmm. That's when, that's a bit of a wake-up call. Yeah, and and yeah, it, it is a it is a wake-up call, and um, it's probably a hard one, but 
you know, that's, that's why you kind of, you know, you, you do need external perspective. Um, but look, there, you know, there are, owners want to chug along. That's fine. Um, but if, you know, if you are in the back of your mind thinking, am I, you know, am I really, this is, you know, the other, one of the other reasons for evaluation, am I really getting the return out of the business I want? Forget mm-hmm. about anybody else. Yeah. Um, and it does often lead to, well, I need to, I need to change things. And, you know, that's scary, but exciting. But, you know, if, if you, you know, you gotta, you gotta have that kind of measurement of where you're tracking. Yeah. And that courage to kind of hear how it is and that willingness to be able to then roll your sleeves up and make the changes that you probably already knew. But now they, you see the data. Are, they, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rarely are there surprises. That's right. And and it's more a case of, um, you know, I think one of the, the you know, what I've admired about the work you've done is that, you know, is the various ways you, you get your industry, you know, peers and colleagues and clients to, to you know, come together and, you know, and, you know, discuss things and, 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 and ask questions and, it's it can be so it can be so lonely running a business and it can be mm. it can be scary and it can be uncertain and to have somebody or, or a group particularly of you know somebody who understands what you're going through to who can be um, friend and foe they can ask the hard questions mm. Like, mm. you know it's, encouragement's great and keep going you know, all that but. You also, you know, there, there's a place, and and it's hard for owners to trust and to reach out and to know who to 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 ask. But yeah, it, it's it's so important that you don't, you know, you don't journey alone. Yeah, yeah, and that you can put your hand up and ask for a bit of a bit of a hand, bit of help with things at different times along the the way. And over the years, with the businesses that I've run. Uh, yeah, getting that help and that perspective and just lighting up the dark corners, even if I didn't want to look in them, has been absolutely, absolutely necessary. Yeah, and which is why I, I you know, you're, you're, you've transitioned from practitioner to mm. uh, to coach and you know advisor, and you know bringing all of that experience to it. And it, you know, I think it's um, there, there's you know there's always a way forward. Um, you know, whatever the challenge, you know, mostly the challenges you find, uh, finding, but yeah, you've got to, as you say, got to be open and, and shine a light on things. But, uh, you know, it, so, you know, if you want to keep kind of looking over, that's, that's, that's okay. As it was, you know, maybe it's okay for you, but you, every, you know, most people would say, look, let's, you know, let's, um, deal with the, you know, the, mm. the issue rather yeah. than keep deferring dealing with it. And yeah. it, it time, not having time is, you know, is kind of like a, a, a you got to find the time for these things. We've all got the same amount. We have priorities. Pretty, yeah. yeah, use it differently. Speaking of time, we've got a, a few minutes left. Michael, do you want to perhaps bring a bit of a summary about when and why a business owner, in this case an allied health business owner, would would reach out and engage and get their business valued. What are the the key indicators there? Oh, look, I, I think um, we get we go back to why you know why you're in business and um, the business can produce a profit or a wage along the way, and a, a lot of businesses have the potential to you know, have some you know value when when sold, whether it's to a third party or to staff. Um, and you know, on what base, in what formula, it doesn't really matter. There's, you know, so there's two ways to get money out of the business. So, you know, if you, um, so the uh, evaluation, and not just evaluation, but a, evaluation and some kind of uh, advice earlier rather than later, um, is a bit of an investment in then or now to do that, but. You know the process we we talked about that we went through. It opens up. It, it kind of puts a few boundaries in place. If you were most of the time, I, I take the um, the I, I work on the basis. If you had to sell tomorrow, what what would mm-hmm. it, 
what would it be worth and and which we didn't really cover but what's going to get like it can have some value but you know you might have a bunch of things that are going to stop it selling because you've got some unsigned contracts there are things that just get in the way so let's not forget about all so values you know stand alone but there are always other things you need to complete a transaction so if you but if you were to value it tomorrow, this is what it's worth. The earlier you do that, the more likely you are to you know, have that reality check, good, bad, or otherwise, and you're able to you know to start to drive both of those returns the um, the the profit you make out along the way, um, and and potentially the you know the value um, if if you were to sell somewhere down the track, you can never be. You can plan, but you can never be. There's a whole lot of things that come from you know, these triggers that come from left field, time-wise, health-wise, industry conditions-wise, where you know something will come at you, and if you have a you know have a view on what your business is worth, it's you know for that purpose is very helpful. So yeah, you know earlier earlier rather than later, but don't just do it for you know you know on the basis that you. It's going to, you know, all work out in seven years' time, and you're going to sell for, you know, this much. Um, and you know, along the way, you know, part of it, once your eyes are, are open a little bit, you know, I encourage um, the industry always knows better than any any value or any anybody else. So you've got to keep mm-hmm. your eyes and ears open for what's going on in your industry, and that's often, you know, it's probably the, the richest source of um, information about. What what a business in an industry is worth, um, you know. You, you, you know things go on all the time. A lot of that data is not, sh- you know, information is not shared. But within an industry, you've got more chance of finding out than, um, you know, from yeah some, current market value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know that's you just got to you got to tune into what what other businesses like you, bigger, smaller, uh, you know, are potentially selling for because it's it's a pretty good. It's a guide. It's not the not gospel. Yeah. It's a guide, but um, I think you know they're the you know um, takes a bit of time and effort and investment, but I think the returns um, you know uh, can be quite um, powerful, profound. You know, um, not just and don't as I said before, not it's not just for selling. It's for yeah. improving your business and. Just having it's like an uh, kind of like an insurance thing, you know. If if I did have to sell for whatever reason, or I chose to sell because something came along, um, you know, then you, you, you've lined up your expectations with, you know, with the with the buyer. Not a, not an invasive, not an invasive process, but it certainly you know when you know when when I get involved, you know, we we kind of get down to you know that level of what drives these things and. So it becomes more of a, you know, you know, how's your business work and, you know, how can you make it better or different? Yeah. I think discovery process is a, is a great way to describe it. And, um, it's invaluable to have an external perspective. Absolutely invaluable because you're in it and running it and getting all the things done. But, um, yeah, the, I think, yeah, sorry, it's really important. One, yeah. Um, there's one, there's one other thing I, I that I, I think, um, Having been involved in a lot of transition sales of businesses, I when when I'm you know when I'm selling a business, most of the time uh, I I run an expression of interest process when selling, and the relevance of this I'll, I'll come to. But rather than you know you, we all tend you know we can all tend to think our business you know I got a value I got some said the business is worth a million dollars, and so I'm going to put. A million one hundred, you know, and negotiate down to a million if if they get to the mm. point where they're actually selling. Um, I run these processes, which <laughs> frustrates the you know people no end, but not the eventual buyer. So we we prepare the business in the same way. Um, the owner and I have ex, you know we have an agree we have to have an agreed understanding of what we're shooting for. But we when we promote the business, we talk about. All the you know the the financial performance, but we don't don't put a headline sticker price in. Um, it's really and and pe- you know potential 
well, tie kickers. <laughs> go, I just want to know what the price is. Well, yeah. If you're not prepared to put a bit of effort into understand, you know, understand the business and make an offer, I don't think you are really serious. The genuine buyers will play along, and and what's deeply fascinating, time and time again, is that. We did all the analysis and we thought somewhere between this number and that number and they often come in lower than that but they regularly come in higher than that as well mm-hmm. because um, you don't, we just don't know their, necessarily their reason for being interested in your business and we, we can't, you know, you don't just assume all buyers are the same. I'm not trying to you know, get people excited. There's always this sort of tax lotto kind of buyer out there who's going to pay but it's about positioning the value of the business. It, it is, and and you might be you might be, you know, uh, profitable, but um, they might there might be a bigger business who's not really interested in the the you know. They're, of course, they're interested, but they're more interested in the quality team you have. And and they go, well, if we had to compile a team like that in this tight labour market, we we could spend. Mm-hmm. 18 months, two years, and have to pay headhunters. I mean, you can see that sometimes they do the numbers and go, look, we'll pay, we'll pay more because it's just a quicker way to You're solve. buying time. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, you know, in their case, they might, be, you know, they might have a, a really you know, bit, important bit of IP that you haven't optimised yet, but they, they can roll it out to a, their existing customer base. So there's always – you've got to leave room. This is not valuation – so much as selling tactics um, mm. that you you don't you've got to ask and say, why are you interested who are you have you bought before and you and you see you see that um, they often will have they will mostly have a different view on value to them with same same bottom line you know yep you give yep, them all the yep. data just don't give them the price yep yeah pro tip leaving that one there. Michael, thank you so much for coming in and uh, shining the light on the process that is getting your business valued. Very good. No, it was, it was great to chat, Cathy. Thanks for the, for the invitation and um, you know, uh, power to you for all the great work you do. Um, look thank you. To in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Michael. All the best. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.